Hi, this is Amanda Jolin, and welcome to The Mental Society. Today, I am joined by Keisha Woods, aka Coach K Woods. She is a transformational mindset coach for women and the founder of Upgraded Mindsets, LLC. Uh, with her reconditioning tools and methods, Keisha partners with dope women to raise the bar on their personal and business mindsets. She has partnered with dozens of women to show them how to break free from limiting beliefs, and then they become unapologetic and confident in making the best decisions to successfully elevate their personal or professional brand, or both. Uh, she's also written a book, From Havoc to Healing, 30 Days of Reconditioning, to inspire women from all over who are struggling to find their voice and show them how to walk their purpose without fearing vulnerability. Now, all of that is fantastic, but Keisha suffered silently for years with her own mental well-being. She knew it was time for a change that required going beneath the surface to face all the things head on that she had spent years suppressing. And that work is what got you into coaching, right? That is, that is so correct. Um, so so would, correct. would you just share a little bit about like your story? Because it's pretty spectacular. Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you for having me um, on the show. I'm definitely honored to be here. Um, I love that you are, you know, bringing awareness your way. So please continue to walk in that journey. Um, I had years of silently suffering and I suppressed it so much that a lot of people really did not realize, probably everybody did not realize how much I really was suffering. Um, at that time, I didn't know that I was suffering. Um, I lived with the restricted state of thinking that um, as long as I poured into everybody else, I would get my blessings that way. And I'm not taking away 100% from that, but I was not pouring into myself. And that caused me to begin to be frustrated all the time, angry, um, you know, snapping at people that really probably didn't do anything to me, but just allow, you know, continue to be people pleased by me. Um, and I was angry all the time. And I didn't realize why I was so angry. I really just thought it was a part of my life, but it was honestly me suffering because I was not doing everything that I wanted to do for myself. Um, I was putting myself on the back burner all the time um, when it came to, um, you know, the death of my grandmother. Um, you know, I was 21 at that time, young and, and still crazy, but still suppressing emotions. Um, the death of my sister was a very, very hard blow for me, but because I had to become a mother of, from one to a mother of three, um, I suppressed those emotions as well. Um, and, and, and when I say suppress, people think that I never cry or anything. That's not the case. Um, I suppress things to where I wasn't able to grieve um crying yes I cried in the moment but I did not grieve properly from the death of my grandmother or the death of my sister and it's I think it's so easy for us to as women especially and as mothers we're like we got to take care of everyone else mm -hmm. if we don't take yes. care of everyone else everything's gonna fall apart and forget yep. that like if we fall apart then really everything falls apart because we're sometimes holding it all together. And and that is where um, a lot of my mental struggles came from because I lived with that way of thinking, but there is a way that we can pour into others and help others and still be able to be there for ourselves. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize that for myself back then. And that's um, 2020 was kind of my breaking point. Um, we were, you know, about to go through the lockdowns and things like that. And I was already struggling mentally mm -hmm. and I was cracking. Um, I had like really began to be like super snappy at people and just fussing and cussing about every little thing all the time. Um, and I had to really sit down. There was a situation that occurred, um, and honestly, I can't even 100% remember what that situation was, but it really put me in the mode of, I can't do this anymore. I cannot continue to suffer and go through these frustrations because it's, first of all, it's affecting my mental well-being. Second mm -hmm. of all, it's affecting my physical capabilities. I'm always achy. I got headaches all the time, you know, and I just wasn't able to focus on me. 
Um, so I actually utilized that to begin a 30 day transformational journey for myself. And I journaled that. I took a fast from social media um, at a time when that's all we knew because we were on lockdown. So we weren't supposed to be seeing people. Um, I took a break from social media for 30 days and I began journaling and I actually put it in my first book, which is that's what my book is from Habits to healing. Um, 30 days is reconditioning is my 30 day journal that I wrote in April of 2020. Um, it's talking about my thoughts, um, the processes that I had started, um, how I was feeling about situations. Um, it was my clarity. Um, my business was actually thought about during that transformation. And I knew then that I wanted to be someone that gave back and to help people that I knew were silently suffering as I did. So you like wrote this journal and then you put it all out there for the whole world to see all of your growth, all of your change. And how powerful is that? When I, when I think of that, I'm like, man, to hear or see or know that someone else has gone through some of that. I think that can be powerful. Very. To not very. feel, you know, alone. And it does. Um, writing that, um, at the time that I did it, I didn't think about writing a book because honestly, I wasn't even thinking about being an entrepreneur at that time. Um, I was in corporate America full time um, and really didn't have any desire to leave corporate America. Um, but circumstances later on in that year um, actually pushed me onto my purpose of that. But um, at that time, I was just like, I was always like an unofficial coach or mentor, right? People always were drawn to me to be able to come to me with their situations and their problems. Um, I was actually labeled the bone collector at my old job because they knew that they could come to me and confided me in confidence and they knew I wasn't going to, you know, talk about their problems and stuff like that. But again, I had that everybody coming to me, but I didn't have that outlet. Or right. if I did have that outlet, it wasn't sufficient enough for me because I was still struggling after the fact. I didn't feel like people were pouring into me like I was pouring into them. Mm -hmm. And, and I, these are all reflective things after the fact, you know. And I think as a people pleaser, as a caregiver, when you take on all the things of others, mm -hmm. so to speak, like sometimes there's not room for your, your yeah. things. And I don't know about you, but I have felt guilty when like, I've always been the one to take care of everyone else when I'm like, hang on, I need help. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it's, but it's my job to help. So I can't ask for help. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that that you don't love is the word strong, right? Like do you don't not. have to be strong. So we talk a little bit more about like what strong means and what, what you um, like to replace that with. The word strong to me, um, especially when women are saying it is um, we don't want support and we don't want help. Um, and I've learned that because when I've talked to other women that use the word strong on a regular basis, they are the same women that have the conversations with me about how nobody thinks that they need help. Um, the first thing that they say is, oh, you got this, you got this, you're strong, you got this. Um, when in all actuality, I use, I change it to strength um, because it has the same similarity. However, the strength does not define us as who we are. Um, I'm not a strong woman. I'm a vulnerable woman. I want to be able to display my vulnerabilities. I want to be able to show my emotions freely, you know, and not have to be shamed about that. And sometimes when we say we're strong, everybody's like, oh, she got it. She's strong. So she got it. No, I don't. I want that help. I want that support. So for that reason, I don't describe myself as strong anymore because I used to. Um, I used to always call myself a strong, independent woman. Um, and I just don't feel like that that's a great descriptive word for us to utilize anymore, especially as we are coming out and embracing our mental well-being and wanting to grow and, you know, become more mentally stable and mentally mm -hmm. healthy. Um, so I just don't like the word strong. I prefer to call myself a woman of strength. And I also like the word resilient. Yes. That's the word that I love because it is like a look at all the crap I've been through and I'm coming out on the other side. One of the things, though, that strength makes me think of is I, I love to go to the gym, started weight training, and it's something I love. 
And when people ask like, well, what are your goals? You know, because they want you to have, you know, like, do you want to yeah. lose fat? Do you want to get all toned up? Do you want to be a, you know, whatever. And I always said like, no, I just, I want to be strong. Yeah. But that is a different strength yeah. than what we're talking because like, absolutely, I want my body to be physically strong. Now, that being said, in the gym, when you are trying to increase your weight, when you are, you know, making those changes, whatever it may be, sometimes like, even though you're strong and you're getting stronger, you need someone to spot you. Yeah. You need, and sometimes that person that's spotting you doesn't do a dang thing other than just stand there just in case. Just now, sometimes you. they do help. And sometimes it's a little, and sometimes it's like that bar mm-hmm. is all the way on your chest and you cannot, like you are, you can't breathe. That bar. And that person, and that's what I think that it's important to note is that not just strength, but supporting yeah being there for people sometimes is simply standing there. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like just that support, support comes in so many different ways. Right. Um, you know, I, as an entrepreneur, people are like, Oh, you know, I support you, you know, I buy your book, I do whatever. And, and I get that. And I'm super appreciative because the support for that has been amazing. But what I say support I also am talking about me being able to call you and just be able to kind of give a little bit. So because everybody needs a vent person, right? Yes. I personally don't vent without a resolution behind it. Um, I know that we can have like empty venting, but sometimes that tends to have us venting about the same stuff for six months. And that's not growth to me. Um, and I, I don't practice that. And I, I don't allow my clients to do that either. We're not going to continuously talk about the same situations when we are striving to grow from them. Um, so I will just say, you know what, I, I do need that. But now I'm going to come with resolution behind that because that's how I program my mind. Um, I've worked on my mindset and I will always be working on how I think, what I think about the methods that I use to keep my mind free and clear so I can still be open-minded to continue to grow. So I do want that somebody that's just saying, hey, just sending that text, checking on you today, just making sure you're good. That's support to me. You know, a simple text message can be support in my eyes. So it's not always about the financial aspect. Don't get me wrong. I love the financial side. But of course, I mean, we need money and all of that. But, you know, like you say that and, you know, when we talk about like that support, that those text messages, you know, in this process of in this process of finding. Yeah. Um, stuff about mental health and talking to all these people, community and connection is crucial. Yeah, it is. And, and so those text messages, right? It's a, it, it creates a sense of community and belonging um, and support. And when you talk about strength, right? Like having someone support you is part of being strong. Like you supporting people shows your strength. Right. And supporting and getting support doesn't mean you're weak. Like I talked about with, you know, when you're lifting weights, having someone spot you or support you yeah. doesn't mean we you're all weak. Want that. We all want that and we all need that. Um, that is a part of our livelihood. You know, um, again, I definitely feel like that we should be our number one priority and I advocate for that daily, um, you know, but you pouring into yourself at 100% is going to allow you to be able to pour into others and give them, you know, from a more mental healthy standpoint, instead of pouring into somebody from a level of frustration, toxic and negative thoughts and things like that, because that is very like our energy is very sacred. So if your energy is negative and toxic, Mm -hmm. that's what you're pouring into other people. And that's what you're getting back. So being mindful of that, um, you know, and it just really boils down to finding those that are going to be that supportive person. And, you know, I I have no problem with searching for that. Um, And I found that I have a great tribe um, on different levels, you know, but I didn't have that in the beginning. Some were still supportive and some are older, but I have grown and my tribe has grown and shifted along in my journey as well. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think too, like you said that, and it it reminds me that Sometimes our support system, not just 
looks different, but it, it the people are different. Very. And we got we got to be open for that. We're scared to get new support. We want them old people. You know what I'm saying? And don't be afraid to let go of the old people. Ooh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That was a biggest, a big, a big, big adjustment for me because I had to let some some people go. Um, you know, there's no way around it. I had to let them go. Um, some were amicably, some weren't, you know. Um, but at the same time, it was about me putting me first. That was a part of the transformational shifts for me. That was a part of me self-prioritizing. That was a part of me saying, I'm number one. And 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 a lot of people feel like when I say that, that I'm saying you have to not be the greatest mother, not be the greatest wife, the greatest daughter. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have to prioritize yourself and set those boundaries so that you're saying, you know what, this is me. I'm unapologetically yeah. who I am and I want you to be supportive to me, but an, uh, my mental healthy one, not the people pleasing one. I'm not that person anymore. And if, and, you know, if you have created that expectation mm-hmm. from other people that you're going to show up that certain way, that you're always going to be there to help, it can be hard on the other people in our world when when they're like, oh, but you are the one that always comes to the rescue and now yeah. you're asking me for help or you're telling me no. Yep. That and is that one of the be- biggest things. It's, it's a hard thing to swallow. Um, those boundaries are crazy. Um, as you set them, hey, you are going to have so much friction and, 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 and people trying to talk you out of setting these boundaries for yourself. But if you don't have that, then you're not doing something right with that transformation. Cause it's going to be reroutes, detours, craters in the road, closed roads, all of that. All of those things are expected when you are on a transformational shift with your mind, body, spirit, soul, everything. And there are some of those people that you have, you know, have leaned on you forever that they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for giving Mm -hmm. me the chance to help you finally. And that was the case for me. I had a friend who was like, she offered to help me. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't need it. She was, she said to me, Amanda, how do you feel when you help others? And I was like, oh, I love it. That's like who I am. And she's like, why do you take that away from the people that love you? Mm. And I was like, oh. Yeah. It make you analyze. It it definitely puts you, you know, in that mode. So I can, I get you. I get that. And that shifted some things for me as in just, what am I like? why am I not giving other people this opportunity? And then something that I've, I shared with some other people is I was on PTA for years. Um, and the last couple was truly like an obligation. I felt like there was no one else that was stepping up to the plate to do all the things. And so it's like, well, I I'll do it. I hated it at the end. And I finally said, no, like I'm, half like midway through the year it was november and i was like i'm not doing this anymore um and i did also say like i will take time for you know like help you all find someone whatever but here's the thing is me saying no the person that they brought in was so passionate and so excited and she brought a whole different energy of like i want to work and then on top of that she ended up you know, becoming the president, she involved at the district level. And if I hadn't said no, she never would have said yes. That's true. And what would the world have missed out on if she hadn't said yes? Yeah. And so sometimes a no isn't a bad thing. And I think that that's what we always think of is if I tell someone no, they're not, they're going to think I don't love them. If I tell yeah. someone no, I'm not helpful. Instead of if I say no, I'm saying yes to myself. That if I part. say no, I'm saying yes to my children. I say no, I'm saying yes to my business or my friends or, you know, whatever it is. It's yeah. not a no is not a I hate you. Yeah. 
And now is I'm protecting myself. There it is. And we have to be okay with that. We're not going to be able to please everybody. We're not going to be able to accommodate everybody. And even when you deal with friends and family as well, you need to set those same boundaries with them as well. Because I know from personal experience that our family and friends can still, you know, take advantage of our people pleasing tendency, you oh, know? Yeah. So it's, it's very mindful. I, my boundaries are practiced across the board. I don't have different boundaries for family or friends. I have one set boundary. And if I want to say no, I don't care who you are, what the situation is. It's just no to me. And I used to say no. And then we like, I'll go back and do it. Right. Or I'll think about it later and still talk about it. No. No is a whole sentence. It's the end of discussion. And that's that. I'm over it. And, and now I have set those boundaries because it took a minute, but everybody respects my boundaries. Now, when I say it, there's no, but why I really need, they don't give that to me anymore because I set that tone and I stood on that tone and I'm unapologetic about that and, tone. And that's just what it is. And also to listeners, like, because you set a boundary does not mean that you can't move it or adjust that it. part. There, absolutely. And, absolutely. and also when somebody gets upset with your boundary, that is their problem and not yours. You set that boundary, their response or reaction to your boundary, that's about them. It's all about them. It is not about you. It is about their way of trying to get you to break and your boundaries. Your boundaries. Remember that. Your boundaries. And I think that it, is very telling about the people who keep pushing when you say mm -hmm. no and they keep, but, but, but I need this, but you're the only one, but, but whatever. And it's, it, it can feel very manipulative yeah, and so. it's interesting. There have been a handful of times where I've called people out and been like, I told you no, and you're not listening. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would. <laughs> That's one thing I love to do. I love to call people out. Um, I'm not being mean. I, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you that I see it. I'm and, telling you that that's what's going on. And that calling people out, I, we all have such this negative connotation of like calling someone out. But what if you looked at it as I'm calling you out and holding a mirror up so that you can be better. Yep. So you can do better so that like, you may not even realize that you're being manipulative because you just need this thing done or you want this whatever. And so you are focused on that instead of the relationship and how that might be getting in the way. And I know like you, you talked about, we talked kind of touched on briefly ending relationships that don't serve us anymore. And I know for me, I have, I struggle with that. Like I want to take care of people and think the best of them. And I'll just speak very briefly on there's someone that I know who um, has a drug addiction that he is in recovery from right now. But, you know, I, I ended that relationship because it was, it was messy with his drug use and he did the 12 steps came to me at step nine and made his amends. And it's like, yeah, let's work on this relationship. But I realized that he didn't do the under the surface work. Mm. And so all those things kept coming up and I didn't like the way I felt when I was around him. And so I just, I virtually ghosted this person. And I'm not a fan of ghosting always but i think that it's okay sometimes when it is to protect yourself and your family and especially those people that don't take the no that keep mm -hmm. poking the bear yep the manipulators and, all of that yep and you know you talked about that being irritable and you know snappy at people when you say no to people, do you feel that snappiness all the time like you used to? No, I don't anymore um, because I've, I've trained myself to understand that it is protecting me. Um, I'm always in self-protection mode at this point. And being in self-protection mode doesn't put me 
um, in the strong category, it puts me in the self-aware category. Um, and I'm very self-aware of myself. So any tingle that I might feel behind the situation when it comes out, um, I have put in the work to address it either internally, externally, if it needs to be addressed with someone specific, I have no problem. Um, I don't look at it necessarily as checking somebody, right? But I don't have a problem with checking somebody, if that makes sense. Um, just because you receive it in a negative and, 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 and hurtful way, that doesn't mean that that's how I'm giving it to you. And mm -hmm. I'm no longer going to suppress my feelings or my words because I'm worried about how you're going to take that. I can't change how you're feeling on the inside right now. I can't control right. your mental well-being. I can only control mine and my mental well-being is involving me to get this shit off my chest. So that's what so, I'm doing. Then if someone comes to you and says, hey, Keisha, like you said X, Y, Z, and it really hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. Are you open to having then a conversation? I with? most definitely, because I'm going to respect the fact that they came to me and said something. And yes, I want to have a conversation about it. You know, um, I, I love that. And I, I love to hear feedback, you know, and I in that way, I can also go into more detail as to why I said something a certain way. Um, the, the meaning behind why I said it, because generally anything that I say, um, I now apply the logic. I don't really make decisions based off of emotion anymore. And as women, we do that by default. So it's like a reprogramming thing that we have to do anyway. So I'm always open for conversation. And, and that is one of the great things with my transformation because I didn't used to be. Someone would come to me and I'm like, that's what it is. It, I'm right. I don't want to hear you. This is what it is, you know, but now, yes, I want to sit down and have a conversation. Hey, let's chat, you know, hey, let's get on the Zoom. I personally want to see your face. You know, um, I don't want to talk on the phone about it because I really want you to feel where I'm coming from. I don't want to say it in a text message because text can be misconstrued all the time. We know that. So, yes, let's have a conversation virtually or come into the office or let's go have coffee. Let's go get something to eat. I'm always open for conversation now. And I didn't always used to be. And, you know, something I've worked with some of my clients on is when you're asking for something mm -hmm. to understand the why am I asking and what do I get from the ask? Yeah. And sometimes you might want to share that with the person. So even if it's like, hey, like, for example, like my kids, hey, guys, I like, I want you to unload the dishwasher. And I want to, yeah, I get you don't want to un unload the dishwasher. But if you unload the dishwasher, that gives me an extra 10 minutes to finish up this thing that I'm working on. And then we can sit down and have dinner and I'm not thinking about the things that need to be done. And when we're done with dinner, the dishes can go right in the dishwasher. And that saves me time later as well, because I'm not like dealing with all of that. And when I say it that way, they're like, okay. I mean, they still have a bit of an attitude. Of but they kids, so you know, you don't have that. Teenagers, yeah. But <laughs> they but it's that I understand why it's important yeah. now. And I think that if it's somebody that, that you want to have that conversation with because they're important to you, mm -hmm. then I would like to think that they would understand like, oh, okay, I get this is important to hope. you. I can hope for it. And but, you know, if I, they I don't, it. it is what it is. And I made the attempt. The attempt was still there. Um, I was intentional in still trying to resolve that, get clarity about it, you know, because I don't know everything. I don't know everything. And I always am open to feedback. I became a coach because I'm always open for feedback. I want to give the feedback and also receive it. But at the same time, you're not going to change my mind about something that I already said and I'm standing on. So if that's what you're trying to do to convince me, I don't know. That conversation may not be necessary. You know, I, and, I'll listen to you, but I, I, you're not going to change my mind about anything. And I think there can be a difference between, no, I really need you to do this. Please do this. This is, and hey, Keisha, like you said, no, you said this, it didn't feel good. And here's why, like, yeah. can you help me understand the, why you said this, how you, yeah. and, and I think that that, is such a different conversation. And 
And like you talked about like text messages, social media, all of that, it can get so misconstrued because there's not a sarcastic font. There's not. And so much of communication is nonverbal. Yes. It's the tone of our voice, the way that we're holding our body, the tension on our face or lack thereof, the look in our eyes, all of that matters. And so, like you said, a Zoom or FaceTime or coffee or whatever works for you, that can be powerful. And if you do send a text and they misconstrue that, like, it's important to, again, yeah, have that conversation and be Absolutely. like, this is what I meant. Mm-hmm. And this is why, because it's important. You're important. I agree. To me. And sometimes just that you're important makes it matters. so much difference. It's back to that community. It matters so much. And it matters so much. I know you lost a big part of your family when your grandma died and when your sister died, and then you kind of gained a different type of family, right? With your nephews, right? They're both boys came to live with you. And so when you think of losing that piece of your family, and I don't want to say replace, because that isn't a word that I love, but where did you find that additional support that you missed out on when your grandma and your sister were gone. Cause those um, are strong women. Yeah. I, um, probably with my sister, um, I carried a lot of resentment because I personally don't feel like I had the support when it was coming to raising the boys like that. Um, I don't believe that I believe that there could have been more support. Um, and like I said, I'm very transparent and I, I vocalized this with my family. So, you know, I, they know I don't bite my tongue about nothing, but um, I feel like that I could have had more support personally. Um, I feel like that, you know, I took on a, a hell of a responsibility and did not have the support that I should have had from my family, um, from my mom, from my cousins. Um, Cause I don't have a big family. So, and my sister was kind of the brick for all of us. Uh, my sister was the one that always made dinners for us, you know, holiday times, we were always at her house. So it wasn't like she was, you know, someone that was just around. My sister was the brick and our foundation cracked like crazy when she passed away. So um, I don't feel that I had the support that I should have, but I continue to thrive because again, that all was a part of the suppressed emotions that I suffered from that. Um, I eventually ended up telling them how I felt about that. Um, But I suppressed those emotions, you know, Um, I did it by myself, you know, they were there and, you know, my mom lived out of town at the time. So she would come into town and, you know, um, try to give me a break, but Going from a mother of one to a mother of three, literally overnight, was probably one of the hardest shifts that I had to force myself into, you know, and I, you know, I I even talked to my boys about it. They, they know my feelings behind it. You know, they, they feel it and experienced it as well. My youngest nephew was nine when my sister passed away. So he was nine years old with the death of his mother. And then we've also encountered other experiences. I'm a cancer survivor. You know, um, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2016. And, you know, I'm in remission, thank God. But again, I still carry that stigma of I've got to be there for everybody else. Even through the chemo treatments, even through the radiation treatments, I still was trying to do and be there for everybody else. So you your body is literally being broken down. I mean, true, right? Like, I'm talking you know, about literally. I'm trying to sleep. I'm going through just all type of different changes, but I'm still trying to get up. I even still tried to work. Even though I was on medical leave, um, I still was trying to go to work and work like part-time, you know, just because <laughs> I was trying to help out and be there. But that was the mindset I was in. Oh, you know, well, I could go work one or two days. Yeah, after that second week of chemo and radiation, my body was like... <laughs> no, sit down, (laughs) you know, but yeah, so it was just all a part of that whole process. So many things that I just allowed to happen because I definitely assume accountability for things. Um, But I'm very like unapologetic in speaking on how I just lacked support when I needed it the most. 
And like, I think you talked about, you know, cancer and all of that. While I don't wish cancer on anyone, I don't wish any health issues. I think sometimes right. our body is like, whoa, like you are doing mm-hmm. too much. I'm just going to force you to slow down. Now, like that's not, I mean, maybe it's cancer. I, I spoke to another woman who she literally like, her blood pressure was so high that she, it wasn't a stroke. I can't remember, but the short version is blood wasn't getting to her brain. She passed out and Mm -hmm. like her body told her, you got to slow down. Yeah. And we don't always listen to those things. And I think that there are little like, slow down. Okay. You need to slow down. Okay, mm-hmm. slow down, and then slow your ass down. And then all of a sudden, like it's yelling, like your body is yelling, the world is yelling, like get it together. Yeah. And as a people pleaser, as someone who wants to take care of everyone else, and we have like people have expectations of us, we get stuck. And yeah. I heard this from someone: an expectation hostage. And I loved that because mm-hmm. she described it. She's like, you were held hostage by other people's expectations of you. Uh, like you have to uh, and there is something about that. Like you are stuck. Like you cannot get out. You're being held. I mean, if you think about it, if you got 20 people who have expectations of you and they are in a circle around you, how are you going to get out without telling. being, without fighting for yourself? Facts. And fighting for yourself saying no all of that you're not trying to hurt the people around you like you said right. you are protecting yourself yeah and if you don't protect yourself who's going no, to protect you yeah everybody can tell you all day i got you i got you i got you but nobody has you better than you have yourself and no one knows what you need better, better than, than yourself Period. Like you were the one that lives in your body and in your mind and in your world every day. And it can be rough. Like when we look at the big picture of ourselves and we're like, yeah, oh, it was rough for me. That level of accountability was crazy for me, but it was, it was, it was necessary. Um, because I, I just was like, oh my God, I have really deprived myself of a life for myself, you know? Um, Regardless on what I did, I took trips. I did all of that. But every time I took a trip, it was always something to accommodate others. You know, it was something I wanted to do, but I always was like, oh, you know what? Well, I got to make sure that such and such is able to do this and make sure that, you know, yeah, I don't do that anymore. If I want to take a trip, I have no problem taking it by myself. I, I love to travel by myself. And I was telling you that I, this is our spring break week here and took my son for a long weekend um, to the middle of nowhere and I forgot my computer charger. Yeah. So I couldn't work the way that I had planned on getting some things done. And the freedom that I felt from disconnecting. Yep. Even though there was, it was meant for you to leave it. Even though there was 100% guilt of this, I have to do these. These are the things that, and yet, I survived mm-hmm. and maybe more than survived. I got to really focus on my time with my kid and refreshed. I know you came and, back a little refreshed. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like we just, you know, I watched the sunset. I watched, I got to lay in my bed with the curtains open and watch the sun rise. Oh, yeah, it was good. like early, but I have to get out of the bed. <laughs> yeah. Those it. things matter, man. Those um, things matter. And, and like, I, you know, we just, we're together. We did like goofy things. We went to a Bigfoot museum because why not? Yeah. Um, And, you know, like those things that I would have, if I'd had my computer, I would have been, I and mean, I had my computer. I just didn't have a way to continue to yeah. use it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, with that, I'm so grateful that the universe said, oh, I'm going to, you're going to forget your charger. And not only did I forget my charger, I had used my computer before we even left. And I was like, well, I'll have my charger and it lasts. And then when we got there, my son and I were looking up some things on the computer 
And so by the time I realized that I didn't have my charger, my battery on my computer was at 30%. And I, I hadn't done a stitch of work getting <laughs> to that 30%. But that battery power went down with fun things, yeah. right? Like we were looking up like constellations that we could look at in the sky and understanding like what light pollution is. I mean, weird, random things, yeah. but yeah. it was. And so while my battery on my computer kept going down, I was getting so much energy <laughs> from the the people around me yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the experiences that I was having. And, and that's the thing is we can, people can drain our energy yes, or they can charge us up. Yeah. And when people are draining us, kind of like you talked about a little bit, is it worth the drain? Yeah. And are yep. they going to help charge me up in another Maybe not right now, yeah. but another time. Yeah. And, you know, I think like my best friend had the crappiest weekend and she saved all of it until I got home to talk to me about it because she wanted me to enjoy, you know, my weekend. Um, and so, yeah, she came at me on, you know, last night with here's everything. And she was like, and it was a lot. And when I say yeah. a lot, I mean, it was like her kids were in a car accident. She found out that mm -hmm. her dog had cancer and has oh. just a few months left her. And then like, there were some other things. And then she was like, but the final straw was this. And she sent me like a picture and her toilet seat literally broke. Like oh. that was the last thing was like the toilet seat broke. And she sent that to me and I just died laughing. I was like, and she was like, I, that was my response too. Because like how, like, just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah. all of these things. And then, you know, like my toilet broke and like, it's just, but here's the thing is like, yes, that was draining for me holding that space for her. But I know, like, not only do I know that in the future, but I know in the past, she yeah. has held that space for me and Absolutely. been that same person. And those are the relationships that I love. Mm -hmm. The ones where you trust me with all of your stuff yeah. and I can trust you. And it's kind of like ping pong, right? Like it can go back and forth. And one time, like you're the one hitting the ball and telling me all the crap and you know sometimes it's coming from me but those friendships I think can be really difficult to find yeah. and cultivate absolutely and I think some of it comes with that I need you to take care of me and if you don't you don't care about me love me whatever it is yeah and that like and that's so much about like what our mental well-being is about is finding that community that loves us and supports us and that we can love and support. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and that makes us stronger. And I'm not saying strong, like you said, but like No, no, no. I get what you're saying though. I because, do. you know, right? Like if somebody's spotting you at the gym, it's often because you're lifting something heavier that makes yeah. you it's gonna make you stronger. Mm-hmm in the long run. And so you don't need to be strong alone, but growing and creating strength, right? Like it makes such a difference. And that a difference, big difference. Um, we just have to be open-minded and receptive to receive that. Um, that was the biggest, the, one of the biggest things for me is becoming open-minded, understanding that there are people, places, things that are out there to be truly supportive, um, but me continuing in my growing journey will align me with the like-minded because I'm open-minded and receptive to receive that. So that has shifted my entire way of life. I have an amazing support system. I have an amazing team. I have amazing business partners. Um, and it's all because me being open-minded and receptive to receive it. And also aware of 
what I want, what I don't want, and not faltering on those things. You know, it's all a part of making those shifts that's necessary. And I am proud of what I have done thus far, but proud of what's to come for me as well. And what I just heard in there was I have the strength to say I need help and to lean on people. Yeah. Also, and that yeah. I think takes strength as women yeah. or as anyone. You better believe say, it. You better believe it. <laughs> I'm going to lean on you right now because I need, I need some extra support. Yep. Um, and going through all those things that you've been through showed you, right? That like, if you try to do it all on your own, it is not going to be, no. the end result is not going to be what you are no. hoping for. I no longer want to shave my quality of life due to um, negative emotions, toxic influences, and closed-mindedness. And I'm not going to. And I'm on that journey. And that's what a powerful journey to just say, no, like this is my journey and this is this is the journey that I'm going on. And you can come yeah. with me or you can stay, you can stay where back. you are. No love, lost. no love lost, but I'm going with. And you know what? If you're ready in a few months or whatever, yeah, come on. Like I might even like slow down just a little for you to catch up. But like this is still my journey. I'm not. I'm not backtracking for you. I'm not. But I'm not backtracking at all. Well, you can come and join me. And I think, I think that can be hard though to say to someone like, "I love you," but like I'm, I'm moving on. It's one of the hardest things you're gonna do in your life. But that doesn't mean that just because it's hard that it's not necessary because the journey is necessary. So before we hang up, you, I I have this incredible butterfly tattoo that I love it. Ooh, I, I love. love it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, like you you can see it. I think it might be even in some pictures on, on my website. I might just take it, put it up. Because I the thing I love about butterflies is this. So, you know, they come from caterpillars, right? Or And then they create their cocoon. Or chrysalis. Well, you know, like number one is if you cut that chrysalis open for them, once you see them starting to struggle, they'll die. Like they need that struggle to become stronger. Yes. Um, Also, they have waste as part of that, which is merconium. If you're a mom, you might remember like you're listening. Merconium is basically like the baby's first. Yeah. Shit, whatever. (laughs) It's it's shit. Right. Well, most butterflies, moths, they use that merconium or their waste or their shit, whatever you want to call it. And they push it through their wings and they get rid of what they don't need. And then that shit hardens and makes them stronger mm. so that they have like structure in their wings to fly. Mm. So there's something beautiful about like a butterfly quite literally using its struggles and its shit to be strong enough yeah. to fly. Now, that being said, it's not that it's strong by itself. It's still right. like you to plant that milkweed or whatever. Like, it's not in that thing alone. Because when you we talk about, like, I'm strong. No, like, this is what strengthens it so that mm-hmm. it can survive and thrive. Yeah. And that is what you did, it seems like, is you used all of those struggles and all of the, like, bullshit that was yeah, going on. Period to create a life that is I mean, I, from the outside looking in, it looks like you created something really beautiful. I did. And I love it so much. And thank you for that. Um, because and- I, I'm at the most peace that I've ever been in my life. Um, I have the most clarity that I've ever had in my life. And doing that is going to continue to give me the strength to keep moving forward and empower others to do the same, because I want us to That's- all be that. You know, I want us to all have that that resilience um, to be able to overcome everything that was assigned to destroy us because we have the capability. And, you know, as a coach, if you're anything like me, it is not my job to fix your problems. But I will hold the space. I will walk with you. I will challenge you. Yes. But I'm not going to fix you. That is on you. 
I am so big on accountability. That is one of the things I'll talk about often. You are going to be accountable for the shit that you've allowed. You're going to be accountable for the things that you repeatedly continue to do that you know was hurting you. Um, because those are not saying that, you know, I'm saying, oh, you're bad, you're bad. No, I'm saying that accountability has to happen in order for your growth journey to begin. Because that's going to help you not repetitively make the same mistakes over and over and and learn your lessons and move forward and not keep repeating that same cycle upgrade your mindset period <laughs> so we'll end with upgrade your mindset period. because coach k's website is upgrade your mindsets with a z at the end dot life i'm going to link that in the show notes and all of that also Y'all, you need to read that book of her 30-day journey. You can find links yes. to it, um, to the Amazon one, the Barnes & Noble, all yeah. of it on, on her website. Go check it out. There's also some other great resources. You can check out yeah. her podcast as well. Your podcast is also- the Empower Your Real Talk podcast. Yep. Empower Your Real Talk podcast. And it's definitely what it is, Empowering Real Talk. So It is. And it's just, it's, it's not unlike this. And that it's just like, let's talk about the real stuff that's getting in our way and that we can Them use. Uncomfortable the, conversations. Absolutely. So yes, I thank you so much for having this platform though, because um, we definitely need to bring more awareness to our mental well-being and stuff like that. So I'm super- yeah proud to be here to share my story. Um, I hope it definitely provides some insight for, you know, one person. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out if need be, if you have more questions. Um, I offer complimentary conversation. Um, you know, if that's something that anyone is open to, um, I'm definitely open to that. You can actually schedule that on my website as well. So. We'll make sure that I may even have a special link just to that one. Because Works for me. Let, Works me, for me. let me tell you, like, Keisha has been we've talked about three or four times now and it has every time I'm like, I leave feeling energized and excited. Oh, like, I'm glad. And um, so I encourage y'all to just, even if it is just that, you know, quick free call to just feel her energy. I promise you it's worth it. Thank you. So Keisha, thank that. you so much for being here with me and sharing some really incredible wisdom and, and how you overcame that not feeling so great to feeling like a badass woman who is Dang, using their strength to help others. There you go. I love it. Um, I love it. Thank and, you. And uh, I and you have impacted me more than you might know. So thank you. Thank um, you, Amanda. And so with that, we have reached the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening and learning more about how mental health and society meet. Now go out, open up conversations, and discover how mental health is experienced in your world. You can find more episodes of The Mental Society in all the places you find your favorite podcast. Please, please, please subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. And it, you know, it's a way to support me. Um, and if you need any other resources, there's some articles that I've written and links to additional articles. You can check out our website, thementalsociety.com. And lastly, remember that you are not alone in your struggles, that hope and help are all around you. And until next time, this is Amanda Dolan wishing you good health, mental and otherwise.